results are going your way. It's easy to kind of like get on each other. A difference in our style, but it wasn't a difference as to who we are or what our identity as a team Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. Subscribe to the Koi Gig podcast stream on the OTV Sports app now. Wednesday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Fair to say, we're into the fun part of the season now. Marseille beckons for two of four. We have our semi-final lineup. So Saturday coming, Leinster, Toulouse, tickets selling out fast, even though it's uh, such a quick turnaround. 25,000 went on Monday alone for the Aviva Stadium. Three o'clock kickoff on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Racing have home advantage against La Rochelle, although the La Défense isn't available, so that won't be uh, on there. Genesis, the reason, as Jerry Thornley told us on uh, Monday, this is not Ed Sheeran's fault. Uh, Genesis, we blame you. So that game at three o'clock Irish time on the Sunday in Lens, uh, second year in a row, it is Leinster and three French sides in the last four. Fiona Hayes, hello. Hi, Joe. How are we? Uh, very well. Lens, Keith Wood, rings a bell. Feel like something happened there. Yeah, no, nothing ever happened there. That's definitely erased from my memory. Um, as uh, as, as Claw, uh, you say, because he was injured, he said that was the time you all disgraced a nation. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we were never let forget that one. So that's, um, I mean, that's 23 years ago. So there we are. Is that right? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Mm. So best, best forgotten. <laughs> listeners won't realise this, but viewers may be wondering, Keith, it looks like you're about to fly a, a plane of some kind. I am. I'm flying. I'm. Uh, I'm doing my aviation lesson. No, I'm sitting in my car. Um, <laughs> couldn't. Couldn't get back to. Uh, couldn't get back to the to the studio. So I'm. Uh, I'm in transit, but I have stopped. Okay. Thankfully, so I have a headset on. Um, so I'm either flying a plane or organising a, a pizza delivery, one or the other. Well, I tell you what, your 4G is outstanding. The picture is good, so we appreciate you pulling over. We'll get into the semi-finals in just a moment. Fiona, I want to get your uh, thoughts on the EPCR move. They couldn't not meddle with this tournament at least once a year. It would be just wrong at this stage. So the new format for next season has been revealed. I suppose the headline news is they have decided against retaining the two-legged round of 16 tie. It will just be a one-legged affair now. Uh, in effect, instead of nine weekends, we're down to eight. The pool stages will start in December. So there'll be four pool matches uh, to whittle down 24 teams to 16. So like with each passing year, they're trying to just completely disenfranchise the importance of the pool stages. And then it'll go last 16, uh, quarter final a week later, uh, three week three uh, week break, and then semi final is how it's going to look next year. I mean, I thought everybody quite enjoyed the two legged round of sixteen. I don't know does South African inclusion play a part here, but it's a new format, new year, new format. Yeah, that's what I thought straight away. I was like, um, with these, everybody enjoyed the two legs. Um, I was thinking even semi-final might have even been better to, to bring it in at that stage. But with the South African teams coming on board now, it's it, it would be a very daunting uh, prospect if you had a five-day turnaround to try and go over and, and play a second leg in altitude and, and vice versa. So I think that might have had something got to do with maybe not. You wouldn't know <laughs> with the way they, they work, but it, it, it would have been quite hard for teams to do that. Um, I, I, I like I like you know that it's 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 
quarterfinals. The big thing that I would have liked to change, and I know the South African teams coming in, but I would have liked to see it condensed to maybe 20 teams. I thought some games at the start of this year's tournament, you know, you, you could probably lose a couple of games and still qualify uh, and get through. Whereas I, I'd like to see every game that's played almost be played like a final. Keith, where are you on it? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the the home in a way. I, but I, look, I think there's enough logistics issues without having to do it. And I think the example of South Africa is probably the main reason that the idea that you'd have people flying up and back uh, to South Africa would be uh, look that's that's fairly ludicrous, really. And uh, I do I do think. I'm still not a huge fan of the South African teams being in there because I think that these players are already under uh, under huge pressure and huge stresses, um, and having to fly there, you know, a few times a year extra, I think makes makes life an awful lot more difficult. So the season's very long, very complicated. Um, at some stage, I think over the next three or four years, they might actually, you know, come together and tidy it up. But we've been saying that for 25 years. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm Look, I really enjoyed it um, for what it was because I thought it, we, we ended up seeing, um, um, you know, people losing and then knowing that actually they can still go and get out, you know, get their results and, uh, and uh, you know, take the advantage of being at home. I, I just thought it was incredibly exciting. But I, one thing I am happy with is that the games have all become exciting over the last couple of months. So that's, you know, they're 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 getting some parts of it right, but definitely the pool stages are not. Uh, they just don't seem to be firing on all cylinders in that yet. No. Well, to matters at hand then, Fiona, Leinster against Toulouse in Dublin. This can't but be a great game. Yeah, I think it's going to be an absolute cracking game. I, I, you know, I, I think Leinster are going in as favourites. You've to lose who were after playing 100 minutes of rugby, had to fly back home and will have to fly over and play in the, in the same atmosphere, you would hope, um, the following Saturday. So so I think Leinster will will go in as favourites. But this Toulouse team, we saw what they can do, the magic they can score at any time. You know, they they have magical players. Probably wasn't, again, we've, we've said it probably in a couple of games recently, wasn't DuPont's best game. We know what he can bring. We know Intimac and... And, and I think Leinster were very, very clinical in the in the first half at the weekend um, against Leicester. They almost it was almost played. They they finished the game in the first half. Maybe people said Leicester came out a different team in the second half. I talk Leinster actually relaxed a little bit. Um, I know they made a few changes. We saw Johnny went off. I think around the sixty five or sixty fifth minute. But um, I think it's a real battle that we're going to see on our hands. And and that power game is going to be immense. Especially we saw Toulouse onto that monster scrum and. And I think they will be trying to have a crack at Leinster Scrum as well. You might expand on that for us, actually. I'll, I'll get both your thoughts in a moment. But seeing Fiona, as you raised it first, this fight up front all season, like I'm bored of myself saying it actually for six months of the year. Well, we'll see how Leinster go against a big pack. OK, here is the big pack. And we saw what they did to the Munster Scrum, for instance. So, Fiona, give us your technical sense of how this Toulouse pack, and they'll probably go for a 6-2 split again, matches up against what Leinster have to offer. 
Yeah, I think um, I think Leinster have really developed. We we see a bench. The the only thing, Joe, that I would be a bit worried about is is the second row. I heard uh, murmurs of maybe James Ryan being injured. Um, you know, Baird hasn't played a lot of minutes. If he's coming in there, we saw Ross Maloney obviously start. So that's an area that can actually people don't think that don't understand the deep meaning of the game. But the second rows can have a massive impact on your scrum, especially on your tight head side and where it's going. So look, it, Leinster front row, we. Know Know what they can do they it's the bench to lose i have that that comes on that's very worrying we saw they came on they made a big impact james ryan steadied things a little bit for for monster but i think that they have i think leinster have really kind of have developed that we see dan and keller they have the players with keen healy they have the players now on the bench to make that exact same impact when they come on so it's going to be a real battle up front i think the the leinster scrum was probably a lot sol- more solid than the monster scrum was you know they dealt with it as the game went on but i i would i would imagine it's going to be a a, a huge huge battle and it'll go to and fro and it'll also depend on, on what the referee views is going on there as well Joe Yeah Keith you're reading how that's going to uh, pitch up up front in the scrum for starters Yeah it's hard to add too much more to, to that um, from what Fiona said I think the referee does have a very big part to play in it um, there was an element of Toulouse crabbing um, last week at different times and pushing up you know which isn't straight either so um uh, like Leinster having seen it will be able to, I think they have a stronger pack than Munster have and they have a stronger front row than Munster have and I would look at that sort of situation and say um, these guys are going to be pretty tired they've put in a very hefty um, uh, shift last week um, will they be uh, I'd keep going after them I actually think Leinster will go after them um, they'll try and tire them out as much as they possibly can so mm. the more the ball's in play the more it's moved around I mean it was very interesting watching the game um, uh, the, the the monster game that after 20 minutes there was a lot of walking from the front row from Toulouse and they were tired it was like some of the some of the sections of play were a couple of minutes long which is an eternity for a front row forward I have to tell you and um, and when that happens it's uh, you know they were losing their concentration a little I thought they were taken off a little bit early as well um, because they looked so tired. So you've got two two packs or, or two sets of front rows that have played more rugby than they're kind of used to playing. Mm. Um, I think it could be, like I, if, look, if it was me and I'm looking at the at the players I have in Furlong and, um, and Porter, I'd be saying, lads, take the opportunity to go after them. See how you may not win the first couple of scrums. You may be under pressure for a lot of them. But um, Leinster's fitness uh, will out in that one, so I would I would expect them to put them under a lot of pressure. And what if and Fio- for them to come and for them to come out on top? Actually. On top, okay. And 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 of Fiona's point about second row deficit and power. Yeah, I mean, look, it makes a huge difference, especially the right hand second row um, that uh, puts a huge amount of the power goes through the scrum in that position. So in behind Tyg Furlan, so um, that's uh, look that is an issue, and it depending on we don't know the team yet so mm. depending on who's there yes that could become a bit of an issue um uh, i i don't know that i worry about ryan baird just yet um uh, i think he has he shows obvious skills he's he's not the heaviest player but um he's with the big boys now so it could be the opportunity for him to step out from uh, beneath the shadow if possible because you put every single bit into it and the one thing that i would have said about leinster last weekend was 
Um, I thought their concentration went at halftime. I thought they had the game won. Um, uh, the slickness that had been there wasn't actually present after that. So um, there was a lot of more un unforced errors than you'd expect to see. But I, but I didn't think they were out of second or third gear in that second half. Right. Because it was interesting, Fiona, Jameson Gibson Park, even just in the TV interview for his Man of the Match award, he was saying he felt physically a touch undercooked that this game at Welford Road was going to bring them on a whole lot more. So you would think three week break and all the freshness and admittedly rustiness that might come with it. And now maybe that's uh, been alleviated by the game at Welford Road and the freshness will still be there. Like so, so many factors, it's almost uh, disconcerting. So many factors do point towards Leinster being in better shape here than Toulouse. Yeah, and and I think they definitely look like they're in better shape. I think Keyes hit the nail in the head. I, I actually don't think for the whole game, they obviously played really well, but I, I don't think they got out of second gear. I thought it was easy for them in the first half. They were they were really clinical in what they do, and, and we know Leinster can do that. I mean, they were so good, so quick at the breakdown. I mean, Gibson Park got the ball and a plate for him. It was, it, it was really easy to play, and they're really, really good, and they've worked a lot around that area. You can see like the likes of Leamy and, and whoever has focused on that breakdown it's it's been really really good this year but I, I I just feel this Leinster pack they they came out they got ahead and and I, I feel like they have a lot more in them they weren't a lot of the key players weren't away with South Africa they were arrested mm -hmm. it's been talk about these French teams since last year you know the, the pressure has been it's, I wouldn't even call it pressure but this has been the chat about can Leinster deal with this power game so they they, they know they've worked in area they've studied this they've seen to lose I think you're looking at a, a tire to lose pack that will come I could be completely wrong but but they play a lot of rugby in France these guys are are, are playing every weekend it's, there isn't as much rotation as we'd see over here so I think Leinster are definitely on the front foot to come away with a win We'll get on to Munster in more depth in a moment but certainly Keith you would think Leinster will try and replicate a few things Munster did very well namely breakdown steals and also DuPont I've never seen DuPont yeah, sacked so many times how repeatable is that? Uh, um, I think it is well it See, it's not DuPont to be able to get himself out of that trouble, actually. It's his pack of forwards. And I do think that that's part of what Fiona uh, touched on there, that um, uh, Toulouse will now have to work at every single um, phase. The forwards will have to concentrate far more on contact. They lost too many balls on turnover. So they're going to have to put more players in there, which is a higher work rate, a higher work level. They're going to have to try and protect their nine. I mean, I, I, I couldn't understand how he didn't, you know, give his team a bollocking because he was, um, he was having to fight as many kind of octopus-like arms and legs that were catching onto him from, from the Munster guys. They just went after him and like and frustrated him. No, he still he, he still came good, I think, after 60 minutes. And he then also slotted in to play 10 with incredible comfort and poise. So um I mean he was he's not at his best, I'd say he's a bit jaded from from the from the year or a couple of years he's had. But he um Oh, he was targeted by Munster. I thought they did a fantastic job on it. So Leinster are going to have to copy that. Of course they are. Um, but I, th I think the more that Leinster look at the things that Munster did really well, the more work Toulouse's forwards are going to have to do. I just, I, and I think that's a lot of the game. I think they'll be moved around quite a lot. They'll have to be work for every single thing. And on the back of what they had, uh, they did last week, um, I think that's where a lot of the game would be. No, I actually think if they hadn't been there, 
I'd still put Leinster as favourites for the game anyway. Yeah. You mentioned initially, Fiona, before we got talking about the forwards, which was inevitable, I think, with you two, the uh, <laughs> Toulouse magic out the back. It's very hard to know. I mean, uh, like Leicester looked bereft of any kind of innovation in their game plan. So it's not like Welford Road would be a great road testing of Leinster's defensive system in that respect. Uh, like to your eye, it's really hard to pick faults with Leinster through much of the season. Is there anything they're doing defensively which would give you any kind of cause for concern against what Toulouse will offer? It's very hard, Joe, because they haven't really been tested. Yeah. Um, well, the big guns haven't been tested anyway. We, we've obviously seen they have systems in place. And I'm sure they all play the same system. It might change slightly game on weekend, you know, depending on personnel there. But but uh, like from what I've seen, I, I, I think they offer a good line speed. Um, I think they're, they've are they been really good at the breakdown. I think the, the back row in general have been immense. Um James Lowe at wide, I think sometimes there is a slight gap left between maybe James Lowe covering at wide and between these two centres. So uh, maybe that uh, Toulouse might to look to exploit that, but we also see someone comes in, they're very good at that scramble defence and getting someone in there. So defensively, they haven't been tested uh, enough. I think it's again line Toulouse will probably try and attack. We know what their backs can offer out wide in space, but we also know how good a, a defender ring rose and how good our Leinster are coming up and low, especially at making those defensive reads. So uh, it, it just depends on how to lose one attack to him and where they're going to target. But but Leinster defensive system has been really, really good for me all year round. Yeah, there are just no obvious weaknesses. I've heard in the main, generally listening to various predictions across the week, Keith, people are saying Leinster by somewhere between 7 and 10. Alan Quinlan thinks it could be as much as 15-20. You both sound pretty confident of a Leinster win here as well. Yeah, I'd be I'd be confident that Leinster would win. I I would never um, go for fifteen twenty against Toulouse. Of course, those th- all those things can happen. But um, um, I, I, look, I'm going to be interested to see how Toulouse are able to rock up. You know, extra time is so rare in rugby; it just takes a huge amount out of it. Um, two travel days in the midst of it makes it a bit hard and awkward for them. Um, but they've managed to pull out victories all year. They've done incredibly well uh, when they were, they were written off. You know, and they're too good a team to be written off. I will say the one other element that sticks for me that um, the Toulouse have struggled a bit, but they've struggled away from home. So they've won a couple of matches and they've both been on Irish soil. So that's been quite interesting. Mm-hmm. But they've they've really struggled um, in the Pro 14. In, uh, or, sorry, the... Um, in their, in their league, they've really struggled with actually playing away from home. Yeah. Uh, one away win in nine, actually. That's if we're calling yeah. what happened on Saturday a draw, which I presume you would be, but we won't quibble over that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, was, I was calling it a win for them since right. they won the game at the end of it. So that's, <laughs> we can kind of get over that uh, semantics maybe. But um, but look I, look, I played one extra time in my whole career. It was a, 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 a challenge final. Um um, European Challenge final against Norban and it was 30 minutes extra time then uh, 15 minutes each half I, um, I, I'd I, been out injured for six weeks I came played the 80 minutes um, which doesn't happen anymore and then in the first minute of extra time I went to open side flanker for the half an hour um, I didn't recognise anybody at the end of the game and I'd say it took me about four weeks to get over it I couldn't get over um you know, how, how much that is. And you're looking at players operating in slow motion last week. 
and um, and it's funny. I've just I read some of the some of the stuff, not a huge amount, but some of the people are kind of criticising some of the decisions or some of the things. The level of fatigue that sets in and stress that sets in at that stage is unbelievable. Sure. Um, and it did go almost slow mo for a while. Um, and uh, I'm not so certain that I agree with um, with extra time in rugby. And it needs a, it needs a result. And but um, I just think the the level of risk for for injury becomes very very high. Would you go straight to penalties? Um, look, I don't. I, well, this is that I don't like the penalties. I thought they were unbelievably exciting. It's the first time in years that I was. That I had butterflies in my stomach watching the game. Thank you, thank you. I'm sick all week of saying, God, penalties are really awful. They're the best thing ever. (laughs) It was unbelievable. Yeah, Yeah, they were, I mean, they were extraordinary. I mean, they're not extraordinary because for for Munster uh, fans because they they lost them. Sure. But it was unbelievable television. Give me that that once in knockout stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it was, but it was also nerve wracking. It was a nerve wracking game. Every all the kicks at the end and, and when Ben Healy had, had the, you know, the kick from 56 or seven meters at the end, like it was, I, I, it just brought back kind of some of the reasons why you're interested in sports. Yeah. Like it was nerve, it was nerve wracking and it was, could it go over? And if it does, everything is perfect. And if it doesn't, oh no, there's more dread because there's another 20 minutes, you know? So it was, I thought it was a phenomenal, um, mm. exciting um, occasion. Well, we'll touch on that in just a moment. Fiona, I, and by the way, Alan Quinlan wasn't banging the table saying Leinster are going to hammer them by 15-20, but he, he said, just said, look, anything can happen, but I could easily see it happening here uh, in Leinster's favour. Where are you then, Fiona? Final word on this game? Um, yeah, I think Leinster win. I think it's actually going to be quite tight, so I think maybe by maybe six. Okay. Now, we have uh, the Munster Mafia here, as uh, predicted. I don't know who's booking the guests in the show, but definitely a Munster <laughs> fan. So just before we indulge in uh, Per Munster, here's some tough love from Matt Williams. This is this morning on OTBAM. And he's just, you know, he's talking about the, the general reaction to this game. And he was asked, like, if this Munster performance is a harbinger of, uh, you know, a, a turn in their fortunes and their style of play. And, and Matt feels, you know, actually, for all the, the valiant efforts, there was still a huge amount wrong with this Munster performance. Just have a listen. And I think a lot of the reaction has been emotional. Um, I, let, let me also say I have huge respect for what Munster did. I thought they were incredibly brave. Their work at the breakdown, you know, putting their bodies on the line, 15 turnovers compared to six. You know, Peter Omani was was truly inspirational. Now, but I've got to add, um, they were tactically appalling. Um, you, you know, like, they should have won that game going out. Uh, Toulouse lost two backs. They only had two backs on the bench. They had a 6-2 split on the bench, six forwards, two backs, and they lost two wingers. So at times, uh, even in the last scrum of the game, uh, Toulouse were really exposed at outside centre. And even though Chris Farrell had gone through at outside centre before and put Haley over, that was the only time, that's the first five minutes of the second half, so there's almost another hour of rugby coming up, that's the only time they went at them. They kicked the ball away 70, uh, I think it's 71 or 72% of the time. Like, uh, that was disastrous. Forget the penalty shootout, it should never have got the penalty shootout. Munster should have won that game. Toulouse were on the racks. Uh, um, look, I think there's still huge weaknesses uh, in, in Munster's attack. And you've got to also say, Toulouse completely unpicked 
Munster's set play defence. They scored a set play scrum and they scored a set play uh, line-out tries. Now, that's unheard of. Then Munster scored zero metres going forward with the mall and their scrum was in trouble. Well, I think you've got to be... And I know the Munster supporters are going, oh, Matt Williams, you're Leinster and all this, shut up. Look, I do think you've just got to be really honest. I thought it was hugely brave. I thought Munster should have won, but I also thought there were massive, massive problems that were, that were exposed there by Toulouse. And, and here is the plus for Munster. Despite all of that, despite all of those negatives, most other teams would have been beaten by 20 or 30 points by Toulouse, and Munster weren't. Munster have what other teams don't have. They, they, they understand Europe and they have the courage and commitment that requires to win in Europe. That's the basis of getting ahead in Europe. And a lot of clubs don't have that. You saw Leicester don't have it. Munster have it. But they're still a long, long way off technically and tactically and personnel-wise. There we are, Matt Williams speaking on OTBM this morning. So reaction to that, Keith? Yeah, I, I look, I'm. it's funny because he often likes to stir it up. I don't know that he's stirring it up in this, in, in this uh, occasion. I think he's highlighting something with the uh, deficiencies and problems in the team and maybe in the manner that they've been playing for a while. So I think that in the last two or three months, they've been playing wider, um, using the ball a little bit more. Um, I think they did that in the game. Uh, I think it's really early in that. Um, and I'm not going to say transition, um, but my overriding feeling watching the game was the... Um, and, and you have to say it's a loss. So you have to take that. And, and none of the players play to, to, to lose and none of the coaches do either. You know, So they did what they thought they could do. Um, I got a huge feeling that it was it reminded me of you know, that journey from in 2000. And I don't want to go back to the, to the past on it too much. But that, that idea that this was the start of something, not the end of something, not halfway through the middle of it. And so when Matt says, I think there's an awful lot more that needs to be done, I would agree with that entirely. Mm. Uh, it, it is about um, understanding different elements. So, you know, when we were being very critical earlier on in the season, it's because, I, you know, and actually in the last couple of years, especially in those big matches against big teams, it was the fact that Munster played a hyper-conservative style of play and uh, that just let them get bullied over by bigger, stronger teams. So, uh, and often went without firing a shot. In this occasion, Munster played, took the game. Um, it was exciting. It there was a fair bit of kicking. I still think a bit too much, but um, um, but there was a lot of it. But there was a huge amount of. Um, not just of effort, and they were well beaten in the in, in the pack at at scrum time and at mall time. But they didn't uh, like they weren't kind of worried about that. They were just dealing with everything else, and they were in a position to get there. and And it didn't happen for them. And and you know when he says that um, Toulouse were on the rack, I thought Munster were on the rack for for large parts of that game. They they almost had no chance or no opportunity to do anything and the fact that they managed to stay in it was a huge testament to their their uh, you know belief in themselves and and their their ability to to actually eke out scores uh, when they needed to but um for me it looks like the start of a journey so what how can you use this to build and where do you go from from building this on that's the piece that's 
that for me was why it was very exciting. I don't think anybody is saying that that was a perfect performance. And if it was, it's um, it's not good enough because it didn't win. But like, there's lots of reasons. You could say there was loads of injuries. Um, uh, there was a whole variety of different things that if they had other players in there, they could have done different things. For me, it was the uh, the intent and the manner in which they played was at a far higher level than they have gone this year. So for that, I was happy with that. And I think that that is part of the journey, hopefully the start of something that goes to a more exciting and, and more winning brand if possible. Yeah, they really can't go back, Fiona, after the efforts at the weekend to some of the rugby we've seen for too much of this season. I think Keith's put it very well there. The start of something, almost a line in the sand. And there was kind of a reconnection with the fans, the the bus trip up. And the Aviva thing actually counterintuitively maybe worked well in some ways. Mm-hmm. It gave the whole thing a great sense of occasion and a camaraderie. Everybody travelling up, I'm sure, and horns beeping and, and that excitement. Mm-hmm. And then the sheer drama of penalties and the, the, the sense of occasion probably cover a multitude of sins. And so Munster will have to analyse that performance uh, very severely, I think, because there were many aspects which, God, if they've got them right, and some of them were very <laughs> correct, you know, very easy to correct quite a few of them, then they really have to look back at this game with a lot of regret. Yeah, they'll look back with regret and, and they will analyse it. And Munster, like staff and players won't come out and tell you absolutely anything about that was perfect, you know, like they they focus what what Matt hasn't talked about is you know it's a game you focus on certain areas they obviously were focusing on DuPont and on that Toulouse breakdown and they went out and they done a number on that you know they had their 15 turnovers they they you can't you you can't focus on every aspect of the game they had um, a pack that has been slightly depleted in the front row so they, they had to deal with that he talked about the the two set piece tries that that move off the back out of the line out to score was absolutely mad look there was a step on the inside and and you could see Toulouse player was holding someone in and they'll go back and this happens in rugby you go back and you review it and you look how you can defensively change that and that's how rugby works so so look Munster I think in every game we've seen them st- since that defeat to Leinster in 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 Thoman Park I've seen attack wise in particular I've seen them getting better and better obviously they're not at the, the level we've seen Leinster play at and and how they interlink with and how Johnny controls everything and plays on the game line and puts people into space we haven't seen that but they're definitely getting better in with every game and what we've started to see as Munster fans and, and and I suppose as everyone is that these young guys that are coming through that we've been talking about in a while are now stepping up to the plate as well and that's what's exciting is that we've homegrown talent that's able to slot in these they're, they'll get great confidence out of that game it can't stop they've now got to, to plan for a big game against Leinster up in the Aviva and that's got it's got to be another lifting yeah. performance and especially in attack as well because that could suck the life out of things if Leinster do a number on them in fact I saw a text message in making the point on Monday I didn't get around to reading it but it did strike me as interesting and I have to confess I had the same thought myself and it was Fiona in a perverse way it's the perfect exit for Munster Valiant losers unluckily lose on penalties versus Leinster beating them by 15 and at a canter at the Aviva. Gives the, like a full sense of achievement. Yeah, look, but you can never underestimate this Munster team. You can't underestimate any team. I mean, look, Leinster 
didn't have the the perfect performance with Leicester. Who knows what would have happened um, uh, next week? What I will say is that Leinster are playing far more cohesive rugby. They're 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 really gelling together, and in every game they've gone out, they probably haven't been tested enough. Whereas with Munster, we we ha- we've seen their performances get slightly better and better. Yeah. But they started in a, in a terrible place at the start of the season. I, I will actually the first game went well after that. We just saw nothing in backline attack, and they've definitely been getting better. Yeah, true. Sorry, I don't know why I'm being so harsh on Munster here, by the way. I think it's just because I'm looking at you two and I feel I have to do it. Joe, Joe, what are you doing to us here? <laughs> uh, so that's Munster. Keith, if they could sign one player in the off-season, one position, more to the point, less a player, where do they need to strengthen pretty quickly? Um, I think they need a tight head. Yeah. They're not cheap, those tight heads. No. Uh, nothing, nothing is cheap, but um, they, they do need, um, they need, they need a tight head that will, um, good, hard, gnarly guy who can help the two young guys get in, yeah. share with them. You know, we'll get, we'll, we'll get a bit more uh, rugby out of Archer, yes. And, um, but they need to be in a position of dominance in that area because that's one of the few parts of the game that it has. Um, it's just improved again in terms of the, the standards that's, that, that's happening with, with tight heads in particular, that they are now becoming more important again. And um, uh, the changes originally to the, to the engage laws kind of depowered the tight head a little, but they seem to have worked their way around that now. So um, that's, that's for me, you know, that's what I'd be going for. Okay, I saw you nodding your head, Fiona, so... No disagreement there. Our Wednesday night coverage is with thanks to Vodafone, proudly supporting the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Before we wrap things up, there is the small matter on Sunday of the other semi-final, Racing with home advantage in Lons against La Rochelle. So you've Mike Prendergast there, you've Ron Nagara there, enough Irish interest to uh, generate interest here. But like this is going to be a cracking game either way, Fiona. I, like... Racing are loose as hell. They're just a great yes. watch. Like they are. Like it's really striking. The four semi-finalists have a certain attitude to risk, and it's great that that type of rugby is on top. And then O'Gara and La Rochelle backing up last season once again in a semi-final. Yeah, you know, like watching Racing, two of the tries at the weekend were absolutely immense. I mean, Teddy Tomac, that kick back inside was so good. Yeah. We saw the magic of Finn Russell again. So, so we know we know what they're about. They're exceptionally. I think they're the most dangerous attacking team, if I'm honest, in the in the last four, um, because they can just attack from anywhere and they're liable to do anything when they're on on their day when they're playing good rugby. Um, La Rochelle, I thought O'Gara, you know, in the league things haven't been going. It's kind of been up and down. But I think in Europe. You're really seeing the O'Gara factor. They're really focusing on that. Their power up front. Um, I mean, you had Victor Vito scoring a nice try at the weekend. Um, Idaho Oyeha West has been playing good rugby. He seems to have them ticking, and they also seem to be focusing on 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 rugby and and especially this European or sorry and this European Cup. But um, that's going to be an absolute cracking game. I think. Um, I I personally think Rochelle would probably come out on top, even though they're playing in Racing. But for Racing to have Genesis and and not be playing in that amazing stadium I think it's 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 going to be a downfall for them It's interesting I like I, I don't have as strong a sense obviously I'm not watching these teams week in week out so I just had a glance to see what the odds are Keith and uh, Racine are one point favourites so in effect nobody's quite sure what's going to happen here Yeah and I think um, I think they would be very confident if they were playing actually at home and um, uh, the fact that they're not 
may change it a little, you know, and there is a very strange French psychology of, uh, you know, of the expectation of winning at home and the expectation of losing away, which is quite unusual. And very few teams have actually got through that really well over, over the years. But um, uh, Toulouse were one. We're always the first one to do it. But I look, I look at it and, and see, I think, I think Roger's impact is on a very pragmatic style of play. It's pretty exciting, but he uses a lot of power when he can. They use a very good kicking game. They attack whenever they can, um, but it's in stark contrast to the level of lunacy that operates in racing, which is whatever goes. It's not whatever whatever you can. It's whatever goes. And I mean, if you've ever seen a team that could have been more perfectly suited for an out half with Finn Russell's skills, I mean, there's it's just an ideal um, mix for them. And I think he's liberated with the freedom that's there. And there's an expectation for them to go and entertain and to go and unbelievably enjoy themselves by ha- having a go makes them very potent to, you know, to, to, to play against, but incredibly interesting to watch. So I just think it's going to be a fantastic weekend of rugby. By the way, I hadn't really seen him play before. Nolan Legarek, 19 years of age, the Racing Scrum Half. Holy moly. I don't know, they just keep producing them. It's nuts. And they don't mind. They don't care what their age is. There's, and there's loads more immediately in, a, in after that. They just, uh, their nines are, I don't know, they seem to be playing with the freedom, but it also, it's played slightly differently. It's not as dig in as technical as the manner in which we have our nines playing and traditionally have had our nines. And I'm saying our, is pretty much everybody else, apart from, um, uh, from France and maybe Argentina, they tend to kind of pick up the ball and uh, have a little look around a oh. bit more as opposed to be the conduit for, for the ball between the forwards yeah. and the backs. They manage an awful lot of the game. Well, this guy's lightning as well, you know, 19 years of age. It's uh, it's scary. Okay, guys, thanks so much. So we're all hoping for penalties in both games at the weekend. <laughs> Enjoy the rugby. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Fiona Hayes, thank you. Thanks, Joe. Keith Wood, appreciate you pulling over. Thank you. Cheers, everybody. See you. Wednesday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us